Welcome to the Fitness Nerdcast. I'm your co-host Ryan Smith with fellow coach Stephanie Holbrook, where we get a chance to geek out on all things fitness and bring it to you. First off, things presented here are our opinions developed with over 40 years of combined experience. We are not medical doctors and any information presented here is purely informational. If you'd be interested in working with us, please email us at fitnessnerdspodcast at gmail.com or hop over to our website and blog at fitnessnerdspodcast.com. While you're online, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fitnessnerdspodcast. Now on with the show. Hello, everybody. I'm here with superstar Brock Skywalker. Is that your last name or is it Armstrong? Uh, it both, actually. I should, well, okay. Long story short, Skywalker was my married name. Um, I was only married for three years, but uh, that was my married name at the time. And then for another 17 years after that, I kept that as my legal last name because, I mean, why the heck wouldn't you? But my birth name is is Armstrong. Oh, so both of them are my legal name. I thought, <laughs> I was like, oh, is he, is he a big fan of Star Wars? And that was sort of a joke in the name. Brock nope. Skywalker, like nope. superstar. I, I was married to a woman named Muffet Skywalker. Oh, okay. Now that's, that's a name, eh? Yes. <laughs> I, it sounds like superhero name. Brock Skywalker Armstrong sounds like a superhero name. Totally, or a, like a, an awesome uh, soap opera in space. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why I asked Brock on our call, on our podcast, is because he is the coach liaison for Greenfield Fitness, Fitness Systems, and I'm a coach for Greenfield Fitness Systems. And we were going to talk a little bit about, for one, the new website, because it used to be Pacific Elite Fitness. Mm -hmm. And um, regardless of who you hire as a coach, what should you look for when you're trying to find a coach for you? So um, Brock's job, can you just tell us about what your job is, Brock? Sure. Yeah, as coach liaison, um, I'd like to say coach liaison, um, (laughs) people have to come, they basically go through me first. Whenever they want to hire a a coach through um, Greenfield Fitness Systems or formerly known as Pacific Elite Fitness, um, the, all the information comes through me. There's a little bit of information exchange. We email back and forth. I have some questionnaires and some forms and stuff that they can fill out if I really need more information. And then I take all that information and sort of go through our roster of coaches and just figure out who's going to be the best match. And sometimes it's super cut and dry. Sometimes it's like, well, you want to do an Xterra mountain bike race across the the across Nevada, well, I, I know exactly who, which coach is going to be able to handle that better. But then there's things like, well, I want to do a triathlon. Well, pretty much everybody can handle that. Or I want to lose some weight. Well, pretty much anybody can handle that. So then it comes down to personality. So I usually try to start with the real qualifications, the, the coaching, um, knowledge and instruction that each of the, each of our awesome coaches has had. And then once I get sort of narrowed down using that, then I'll move into personality because personality is such a a big thing. I mean, your coach can be such a huge part of your daily life if you want them to be. Right. And, and that's a, that's a big part of personality as well. So, yeah, so it's really like, those are the two criteria 
And I guess the great thing about working at a, in a group situation where you do have lots of coaches is there's always the choice of changing coaches. So whether you, it was just not a good match in the first place, or you feel like you've gotten everything out of that coach, you can always move to a different one and it doesn't really matter because you're sticking with the same system and your, <laughs> your bills are still getting paid and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, it's, um, it's a really interesting job. It's really, it's been fun so far. I haven't had any horrible disasters yet where I've matched people up with somebody they absolutely hated or didn't get along with at all. And I don't know if that's partially just because we have such a great group of coaches or because I rock at my job, but <laughs> probably both rock. Probably a little bit of both. both. Thank you. Yeah. So, and, um, something that's a little different too about the Greenfield fitness systems is now you have an a la carte system, which I actually had to have a friend tell me like, Hey, people can hire you for different services <laughs> than what, you know, traditionally was just, you know, a choice of, you know, monthly individual coaching and that was it. So can you talk about a little bit about what different options you have? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was kind of interesting because the, we did have the Pacific Elite Fitness has been around for years and the website's been slowly getting more decrepit and aging poorly. And so Ben Greenfield started working on, uh, on this whole Greenfield Fitness Systems idea sort of in the background. Like he didn't really let a lot of us know. So this thing was developing and evolving. And all of a sudden one day I just happened to stumble on an email that had a reference to it. And went there myself and I was like, holy smokes, we've, we've got a new website and we're offering a bunch of new stuff. And I got all excited immediately and was like, can I start people like sending people here? This is so awesome. This looks great. And Ben's like, no, just, just wait. We're not ready yet. So we're, we've been slowly sort of oozing right. it into the, <laughs> into the oh. world slowly. So, um, yeah, some of the, some of the stuff that's on the website is, is, brand new and and still kind of evolving there are some supplements that are still being added there's some lab tests that are still being added uh the inner circle is getting a whole makeover as well so that's going to be updated very soon as well but as far as the coaching goes yeah we've decided well i shouldn't say we ben decided that it would be an awesome idea to offer basically the same things that he's been offering as a coach um to get all of his other coaches all of us to offer as well so we've got the like these consultations, which I've done a couple of, and they're, they're really fun. You basically get on Skype or on the, on the telephone if you're old school, uh, or Google Hangouts or FaceTime or whatever technology you want to use. And you can book either a 20 minute or a 60 minute consult with one of the coaches. And you basically like just lay it all out there. You've got 20 minutes to basically pick the brain of the coach or 60 minutes to pick the brain of the coach. And when I do them, I try to get as much information ahead, ahead of, time of time as possible. Yeah. yeah. Like whether it's blood tests or it's, um, training goals or just, uh, injury reports or anything that we can possibly nail down before the call. So we can really maximize that amount of time that we've got to solve problems and go through real action items rather than just sort of, so what's your name and what are you, what are you doing? And, Stuff. So it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a very nice way to not spend a whole bunch of money or make a huge commitment to a monthly package or even an annual package or something like that, but still be able to get the help that you need. Like, let's say you've got some adrenal problems or you've got an injury or you just have some questions about how can I get a little bit faster in the pool? 
you don't want to spend a whole bunch of money. It's a, it's an awesome way to, to pick somebody's brain. And I find generally when somebody's had one of those consults, they tend to come back a few weeks or months later with a follow up one as well, which is also a great way to do a little check in. So you do like 20 minutes the first time or maybe 60 minutes the first time, go and implement the ideas, make the changes and then check in again in a, in a few weeks or in a couple months and, and just sort of Okay, so this is what I've been trying, and I'm seeing this, but I'm still having trouble with that, and and those kind of things. So it's a, I think it's a, it was a great idea to add that in for all the coaches. Ben has had a lot of success doing that himself, so why not uh, why not get the rest of us to to share the love as well? Right. And then of course we've got the annual training plan design. Um, so you could hire, say, Stephanie to <laughs> basically design your entire uh, your entire year. Uh, so you'd write down which uh which races you want to do which uh which is your a race which is your b race which is just for fun what your absolute goal is for the year and um maybe what your week is like like if you work nine to five monday to friday or maybe you're a, a shift worker or something like that that's important information to to have us know um knowing your diet your sleep habits those kind of things are really important as well and then stephanie would be able to take all that information and design a training program that is very specific to your lifestyle, your needs, your right. goals, or your races, you. all of that kind of stuff. Right. And then incorporating, I know a lot of folks who train, they want to go on group runs. They have group runs or group swims or whatever scheduled yeah. with their tri club or their running club. And what I do a lot of times is make sure that their training program and their calendar matches their group trainings so they have their specific you know events so like if they're swimming they can go to the lake and swim with their friends even if they're going to do a warm-up and then do some drills and then do some sprint intervals for however long but at least they have their plan but they get that social aspect because if someone's an athlete like me I like training with other people so yeah. um, that's sort of a, a great thing about when you have a customized plan, you don't have to think about like, well, I says on my training schedule, I should go, you know, do hill repeats, but my friends are all going to their, the weekly swim is on Monday. You know, yeah. So you can have the Monday, it's always going to be your weekly swim. Cause that's, yeah. So that's been, with. it's been taken into account when the, when the program was made, unlike the ones that you download from the internet or purchase in a book. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point. That's a one of the big bonuses of having the opportunity to actually communicate with the person who's building your plan rather than it being made by Jack Daniels sometime in the 1980s. Right. Or just a template. If you're recovering from an injury, you're going to have a slower build period. But if depending on your fitness level that you currently have, you know, stretching um, exercises or or you know, recovery exercises that fit you at that time, but you can't do recovery exercises and stretches forever because hopefully you're getting better. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, I mean, there are so many, so many benefits to, to having somebody actually make your plan for you. And, and there's definitely, 
um, the opportunity, and this is sort of on a coach by coach basis as well, to come back and touch base with them and ask questions as you're going, which is another thing that you don't get with the plans that are sort of anonymous or downloaded off the internet, um, is the ability to actually get some clarification on some of the workouts and, and be able to say, Hey, you know what? I don't think this is working for me or I don't understand this or anything like that. And, and it's, again, it's up to, to the coaches whether or not that's, uh, that's something they're, they're willing to make some big changes. But to be honest, I haven't met any coaches that wouldn't be, uh, interested in making those, those changes and working with the athlete. Everybody's wanting to have success. So. And, uh, something that is a little different from a lot of, um, individual coaches, all the coaches in, um, with the Greenfield fitness system, they're all trained by Ben. They're all did the superhuman coaching program. And, um, we have a forum that we can ask each other questions if we're stumped on something. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's is, a, and the athletes can also log in and ask questions too, if they, if they want to get some feedback from other athletes or some of the other coaches or even Ben himself, if they're a, a big fan of, of Ben and his, uh, his, uh, podcasts and internet domination. <laughs> yeah. And his new best-selling book. So that's, oh, yeah. um, but that's, so that's, what's great about Greenfield fitness systems. And I have to say, I do like the, the website. Um, it looks a lot cleaner. Mm -hmm. Um, but something, if you're not going to choose one of the um, Greenfield Fitness Systems coaches, what, um, as a coach liaison, what would you recommend to the listeners what they should look for when they're choosing a coach? Because um, we're taught a little differently than what, you know, some other folks might consider a good coach because we look into a little few more things. Yeah, yeah, we definitely, the the superhuman portion of the the coaching certification that that we all have is certainly it goes beyond what you get from like the nccp or any of the sort of governing bodies in well in canada or the united states i'm from canada that's why i thought that the nccp first or the ace fitness or yeah triathlon and i mean those are all fantastic certifications and i would definitely consider them to to be something that you'd want to look for um I personally look for experience more than I look for a, a bunch of certifications as well. Like I know one of my favorite coaches um, in the world has no certifications whatsoever. She's just ran for a long, long time, had many, many coaches herself and just really intuitively understands how it all works. And her husband happens to be an awesome coach as well. So she's uh that's uh that turned out to be a really, a really nice combination, even though there's no certification there. But to get back to what Stephanie was, was asking about, yeah, there's definitely the coaches that we've got get way beyond just putting together a training plan and sending you out to run a whole bunch of kilometers and a bunch of miles and get on the bike and stuff. We look at blood work. We look at diet. We look at your sleep. We look at your heart rate variability. We look at your oxygen saturation. Like there's all kinds of things that you really, if you want to maximize your, your life and your well-being and stay on top of the game for as long as possible and not dig yourself into any holes, it's really important and really interesting to keep an eye on that kind of stuff. Now, not to say that everybody needs to be concerned about that and not 
not everybody is or is interested in being concerned with that kind of stuff. I've definitely scared off a number of people <laughs> um, who've come to us for coaching or come to me personally for coaching, and they just, it was too much. Like, as soon as I started asking them about wanting to track their heart rate variability, put a heart rate strap on every morning and send me the numbers, they were like, what? Why? Oh, yeah. Can't, can't you just give too. me a running program? I just want to go out and run. Right. And and that's totally fine. Like that right. That is definitely, if you're of that mindset, you really need to find a coach that matches up with you. Otherwise, it's going to be frustrating for both of you. Right. And I think sometimes there's different, um, a good coach recognizes what what the client wants and needs and what the coach is able to offer because some of my clients they don't need heart rate variability their training fine their sleep's fine their digestion's fine they their stress level's great they just want to go run but it's whenever the wheels start to fall off the bus that you're like all right now let's start looking let's backtrack and find out when did the wheels start to wiggle and you know get a little loose you know, when, when did uh, your digestion start to go south? When did your sleep start to become disrupted? You know, and, and adjusting the training schedule to fit those times and to start tracking. Because um, I've had a problem on and off with adrenal fatigue. And, um, and I've had clients with the same issue. And when things are going great, that's great. But the sooner you can identify whenever there's a problem that hits, as soon as you can identify, oh, the digestion sounds so good, or you have a stressful situation, like you're overloaded, you have a big project you have to finish at work, that's a time that you have to adjust the training schedule to back off because your body can only handle so much stress at one time, and you're not going to get benefit from training if you're you're stressed out at work and then you're coming home and trying to get your long run in i mean that's that's just a bad combination yeah yeah i actually have a a rule that a lot of my athletes break but i have a rule that they have to let me know what their week is going to be like and they have to report in on every single workout before they'll get their next week of workouts yeah that's smart i do a two weeks at a time not not quite as yeah. i do a you know, a week ahead and then sort of a template for the week following, you know, ahead of that. Because something, I mean, I don't think I'm unique in the the Greenfield Fitness Systems coaching that, that I, I would adjust a schedule like that. I mean, you would do the same thing. Is the fact yeah. that, you know, everybody's different and you're in different points in your life. Um, somebody who's 25 and um, graduated from college, has their first job, no obligation you know, no family obligations. They they have you know time and they have money and they have you know they get their biggest sleep deprivation periods maybe partying on the weekend. But you know that's going to be a lot different than you know a 45 year old mom of four who um, is juggling schedules and has a full time job and you know everybody's you know you're at a different place in life that you know that. How much tracking, how much you need, you know, dif differentiate. So, I love it when it happens the opposite way too. I have a, a woman who's in her fifties who's got an empty nest syndrome, and so she wanted to come back to to running a marathon, wanted to qualify for Boston. So she hired me as her coach, oh, okay. and I was kind of 
I was being really gentle with her at first, just sort of slowly getting her back into running and not building the volume too much, not getting her, giving her too hard of intervals or anything like that. And she was responding really well. So I piled on a little bit more and still responding well and piled more and piled more and piled more. And I'm still like, I, I have not found her, <laughs> her threshold yet. It's so fantastic to be able to see somebody who's able to respond. And here I was being all concerned, like, oh, well, she's in her 50s. I should probably be careful. And she's like, that was a really easy week, Brock. Can we do a little bit more? Well, that's great. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. We can do some more. Well, and, and same I, um, thing next week. Because my background is training people who are senior citizens and um, people who have disabilities. Um, I tend to start out really slow, too. I mean, just in general, I'm like more of a warm, fuzzy coach. Um, I'm not the, you know, sometimes you want a drill sergeant coach. That would not be me. <laughs> That's, I'm not the drill sergeant coach. I can be, but I don't, I don't tend to be. Uh, I, and I should clarify, I'm not saying that 50 is old. I'm actually, I personally am turning 43 on Sunday. So by no means was I indicating that 50 was old. It's just one of those ages where you, you're not like, like Stephanie was saying, you don't necessarily don't bounce back as quickly and you can't take as much punishment but that's that's a terrible overgeneralization and right. i certainly learned my lesson with uh working with this individual yeah and chronological age and and age of the body are two different things i mean a lot of it's like how what kind of life did you live your genetics your you know some people are just more durable the, yeah um, i turn 45 tomorrow whoa really yeah I can't happy believe. birthday thank you and i um i don't i know i don't feel i don't feel much older than 40 or 35 i think i'm probably um seven years ago i was you know doing i was overtrained and sort of a mess so i actually feel a lot better now than i, than I did then nice. so you can actually age backwards you definitely can i did the same thing i got kind of heavy and ended up having some heart problems and then was let, got a got a wake up call and shook myself and turned my life around and now I'm I'm as fit as I was as a 20 year old ballet dancer. Oh, well that sounds fabulous, especially, you know, since you do have the superhero name, you want to keep up a good image. Yes. So I can wear that tight spandex shirt and, and tights <laughs> with my cape. With uh, um they have a superhero run um, here in Phoenix where you dress oh, up cool. like a superhero and it's a 5K. So, um, when oh, we... you have to be a superhero to run a 5K. Man, those are hard. Especially if you run fast. You know, speed is um, speed can be a kick in the pants. It's a oh yeah. It's a lot oh, easier to do like a, a you know a 65 mile leisurely bike ride than a you know a fast five or 10K. I know. I think it's so funny when people say, Oh, I, I just signed up for the 5k. It's no big deal. I'm like, what are you talking about? 5k is killer. If, if you run it right. If you run it like a five, if you run it like you, you know, like you should, or you don't have to, you can run a 5k slow. No, I think it's okay to say yeah. like you should. I, I think the whole Disneyfication of marathons and races and stuff needs to be reeled in. Like seven hour cutoff times for marathons is ridiculous. That's not doing any sort of racing. That's not a race. That's a leisurely stroll through the mall. Right. And I don't care how many people I piss off by saying that. It's like, that is not an achievement. You did not run a marathon last weekend if it took you more than five hours. Well, you and I think went for that, a long walk. Yeah. And I think, um, 
if you can't go any faster, then there might be something with wrong with your body and you shouldn't be going that long. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not good for you at that point. Right. That's not a that's not a worthwhile goal in any way. It's not healthy. It's not actually achieving what you're setting out to do. It's a it's a very strange thing to do. Right. This whole marathon thing, this whole running 26 miles is a really weird thing to do in the first place. Right. But it's even weirder when you aren't actually good at it or right. a runner or in any sort of shape or probably there's so many people who are just like not built for it that are trying to do this. And I just wonder why, like who told them that this was something that they should achieve in their life? Why is it on this bucket list for them? There's so many awesome things to do in the world. Why is a marathon this important well, to you that you're going to beat yourself up? I know. I, I agree. And let's, I mean, I can say pretty sure that endurance sports really, if you do a lot of them, aren't that good for you either. I no. was listening to a, a talk from Dave Scott, um, the super rock star. I think he's six-time Ironman champion. Yeah, he's like six or seven-time, yeah. Yeah. So he was talking, he goes, let's face it, endurance sports are not good for you. They're not going to make you live longer. They're not going to, you're not healthier. You're doing it because you like it and it's fun for you. But if you get into endurance sports because you want to be healthier, that's not really a good reason to do it. Or you want to lose weight. Or you want to lose weight. Because I've uh, trained, uh, I've coached for uh, a number of different charity uh, endurance groups. And um, if you want to complete that distance and fundraise for a charity because your aunt or your child or your mother or whatever was sick, I mean, that's fabulous. Um and well, but I, there are other ways to raise money. Right, that's true. But that doesn't mean if you're going in to do an endurance sports because you want to lose weight, you're not going to lose weight doing endurance no. sports. They're not. No, if you do, you. it's incidental and it's not going to last beyond no. the, the end of the race either. No, and it's not. Yeah, it's you're better off if your goal is to lose weight, you're better off, you know, checking out your digestion, your stress levels, your sleep. Um, adding some super high intensity short intervals, maybe once a week a long stroll and two days a week of pretty decently heavy weightlifting. I mean, that's my my view. If you're yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Although I'd start with diet. And well, your yeah, body composition is 80% diet. diet. Like you can't, right. you can only change 20% of your physical appearance and physical ability through exercise. The rest right. is through what you're putting in your body. Oh, yeah. I, if I forgot diet, I whenever I was giving that little description of losing weight, I think you went straight to digestion, which I I understand you probably meant diet and digestion, right. like just right. getting all that stuff all in right. line. What you put in your body um, makes such a big difference of your weight loss, and also stress. I was um, before I talked to you today, we had a I'm a Czech exercise coach and holistic lifestyle coach from the Czech Institute too, so it's a different. I mean. I'm, you may have heard of Paul Check, but yeah. he, um, so the call was all about IBS, irritable bowel um, syndrome, and how to treat it, what to look for, blah, blah, blah. So irritable bowel syndrome is not necessarily a diagnosis it's, or a solving the problem. It's like, oh, you have a irritable bowel. It's just describing what you have. Well, it's a collection, collection of symptoms. Right. It's a collection of symptoms that they don't know what else to do with. And, yeah. um, a lady who specializes 
in treating IBS was talking, she said, you know, I would say 80% of the people she treats, their digestion stops because of stressors in their life. It, a low yeah. level stress and, um, it has to do, and it, stress can be anything. It, it could be, you know, toxic exposure. It could be, um, lack of sleep. It be you have a stressful job you're in a crappy relationship i mean and most people know what stress is like you they could define well that's stressful you get exposed to some toxic chemicals that's stressful but um you're wearing the wrong shoes right <laughs> it's true that's another stress yeah yes but yeah it could be a stress on your feet but if um when they manage their stress and also change their diet but mostly you know they, she saw the most recovery um, whenever they got their stressor under control. They worked on some meditation practices and stuff because their stomachs, I mean, if you have stress, your whole digestion slows down. And maybe that's why I went straight to stress because that's like on my head. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but your digestion slows down. You can't even digest the food that you ate, even if it's like all organic, perfectly Weston A priced, non GMO, you know, fermented, blah, 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 whatever. Um, it, I think that was a good list of catchphrases there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so if, uh, if you even have all those criteria, if your stomach is not calm where you can receive the food, it's not going to matter. It's just your, I mean, it's better to have good quality food, but until you're, you can calm your digestion down, it's just not going to work. It's not going to, you're, you're, you're not going to have good digestion. Your bowels, your intestines and your, you know, your, are going to be irritated and you're going to get either constipation or diarrhea, gas or bloating and irritable bowel syndrome. So um, it is good to, to eat good quality food and everything, but just whenever you think about that, if you're always eating on the run in your car, um, even if it's good food or you're not setting down and relaxing your, your gut, you're probably not going to get good digestion. Absolutely. That's a big Everybody segue from listen coaching. To the step. Yeah. Well, not really. <laughs> that, that's the thing that that we definitely, especially at Greenfield Fitness Systems, that's the, the kind of stuff that we bring to the coaching realm is not just giving you your program, but also discussing this kind of stuff. Right. And that's, I totally, I get so excited about this kind of stuff too. It's really fun. Well, I think that's what I like about um, Ben Greenfield and and you and and the people on the podcast and the other coaches they all get it that health is not just about exercising and it's not all about being skinny right too. exactly that's part of the thing like people are always like oh my husband can get away with eating whatever he wants he's so thin like that doesn't, wait that doesn't that's mean not a healthy. measurement of anything other than he's skinny <laughs> well and if you have blood sugar dysregulation you know, pre-diabetes or whatever, and you're thin, it's actually worse than if you were heavy. So if yeah, you... Oh, if he's hyperthyroid, he's going to be rail thin, but he's right. going to die in like 10 years. Right. So you could be diabetic and be thin. That doesn't... I mean, and that means that instead of... I mean, I was... I don't know where I read it or whatever. It was about blood sugar. Um, if you have um, metabolic syndrome and you're heavy, 
you're actually healthier because your body pushed all the, the, the raised insulin. It was able to, you know, push that sugar into fat. And so you're basically storing it. It's not, you know, good. But if you're pushing that sugar into, it does, your body doesn't know what to do with it. It attacks your organs. I mean, you you start taking out the organs, you're going to have some issues. <laughs> so, um, yes. so it's a... Uh, there's, you're right. Thin doesn't mean you're healthy, and heavy doesn't mean you're you're healthy or or unhealthy. I know I am not a thin person, um, and I've messed up my system a little bit from overtraining, you know. And but even when I was in really great shape, I've always been a stocky girl. Like I've always had broad shoulders, and I'm, and um, but I, I'm good at lifting pretty heavy weights and. Yeah, well, so, you, and you've got tons of energy. Your right. mind is sharp. You're you're very focused. It's, you've got all this, all the other things that are much more right. important and much more indicative of good health than being thin, right? Having well, low like body say, fat. Yeah, if you wake up in the morning and you feel rested, and you wake up and you have energy, you don't need a cup of coffee or whatever. You have level and strong, good energy throughout the day. You can think clearly. You um. You're happy, you're smiling, you have a, you know, you feel good. And then you wind down in the evening and when you go to bed, you fall asleep easily and you're well rested. I mean, that's a sign of health. I mean, yeah, that's a much better measurement of health. Right. So that's how you, then whether you fit in your 30 waist jeans or whatever. Yeah. That's not a, that's not a, doesn't say anything. A lot of women um, have fasted themselves to, although fasting, can be good for you so let's not say that but <laughs> but who have done some traumatic things to get really lean but they've taken years off their life because i can they say, follow jillian michaels down the dark path well have you seen the studies from the people um the biggest loser a lot of those folks gain all their weight back um after they leave the show i was reading an article about it i thought how yeah. traumatic you know, they finally go, they, they're put in, in this contained environment. They're exercised like crazy, which is um, not necessarily good. Um, they're, they're put on strict diets, which can or can't be good. You know, that's like variable. But um, so they're in this contained environment and then they go back out to their old lives. There's more to gaining weight besides just calories in, calories out yeah. and losing yeah. weight too. So if you put back in that environment and you were smaller and then you get big again, I think that that would be pretty demoralizing. That would be, I mean, that's just my opinion. I mean, some people I'm sure have had great results, but it's just the article was really sad. Yeah, no, I can't. I'm not surprised. I haven't read that article, but I'm not surprised in the least. And the kind of exercise, the the amount of exercise and the intensity is just unsustainable. And it comes down to that old that old saying, if you're trying to out, out exercise a bad diet, like you're going to lose. Right. You at some point, you can't sustain that amount of exercise. You can't run a marathon every single day. You can for a little while, and then your body will start breaking down, and then eventually you'll either break or get injured or right. get sick of feeling tired and crappy right. all the time. And well, then where do you go? I mean, our bodies are complex systems. It's designed to survive. And it's not going – your hormones, your your – enzymes every bit of you your brain your heart it's designed 
to go along without you thinking about it. And you, if you force that body into situations that are outside of the bell curve of, you know, adjustment, you know, where it can naturally regulate itself, you don't have to think about breathing. It, you're, you do it. Um, although a lot of people breathe wrong, but that's another story. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but you, you don't have to think about, you know, the, your heart pumping or the, the blood, blood pumping through your system. But if you do things that change that, some things can be positive in that regard and some things can dig you in a hole. But, um, but you're right. Like if just, if you run a marathon every single day, eventually your body's going to be like, oh, well, we're going to have to make some adjustments because this is not sustainable. So let's, you know, up the, you know, stress out the adrenals. Let's slow down the thyroid. Let's, you know, do stuff to conserve energy. And yeah. that sometimes is not a good thing. Well, and it, there's a weird sort of default that I've noticed in, in especially North Americans that we seem to want to try to eat as much as we can possibly eat at all times, like the biggest helpings, the biggest portions, right. the most decadent stuff that we can possibly eat, but not gain weight. Oh, yeah. So so the game that we play is how much can I stuff my face without gaining weight? And how can I exercise off that burrito that I had for lunch? Or how can I justify eating this bag of chips? Or how can I justify that piece of cake or the croissant I had breakfast or whatever like that? Where really, like speaking, like the way the way that our species has evolved, it's the complete opposite. It's how little can I eat and still maintain muscle mass, have energy, fulfill my role in society, and not not fail, basically. Right. It's not how much can I possibly gorge myself. It's, well, okay, we need to share this deer amongst the, the entire family. Right. So, so let's use I every need... single part of it. <laughs> well, that and just like how I only need to eat this amount because right. that's how hungry I am at this right. moment. And I won't eat again until I'm actually hungry. Right. Instead of, oh, hey, the boss brought donuts in this morning, so I'm going to have three of them, even though I had a proper breakfast and I, I'm going out for lunch with my friends. Right. Like, it's right. just a very odd situation that we found ourselves in, trying to eat as much as we possibly can and then do something, and i.e. exercise, to justify it or negate it in some way. Well, in a lot of different cultures, um, the mealtime is a whole big social thing. And you have to sit down and they have, you know, a ritual to it that um, that calms you down instead of, you know, oh, there's free donuts. Let me go and stuff my face with two of them because they're free. Yeah, while I'm on my way to a meeting and texting three people and thinking right. about the and emails then, I have to write. Right. And then add a, a little bit of coffee with sugar and creamer to it. and Yeah. Yeah, so, it's definitely the yeah. combination of, of mindless eating and stress that uh, has led us down a, a very odd path as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree 110%. Well, I don't want to take up all your time, although apparently I could talk to you forever. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking about this kind of stuff. I I tend to, to blather on a little bit, but it's, I, I hope people who are listening to this podcast are interested in the same sort of blathering. So I there you go. they are. That's why um, it's so fun to go to conferences because you, especially like Paleo FX or you know, the Superhuman Coaching Conference or 
you know, coming up is the Bulletproof Executive Conference. Conference. Yeah, well, I'm torn between that one and PrimalCon. They're on the same weekend. Oh, I can't go to either of them. I have, like, other stuff going on. I'm but, going um, to one or the other. I just, I got to figure out which. But what's great is you get to, like, be around like-minded people and um, get to gab about it, and you're not the odd man out. You know, I, I know um, we have a lot in common about our beliefs about fitness and nutrition but i've worked in gyms that you know they're still stuck in the old paradigm that fat is horrible for you if you just exercise enough and eat less yeah. um you're going to get the results you want which actually i've seen the the clients that they don't actually get the results they want and it's really really sad but you go to a conference and there's all these you're you're in the same place where like they get it Oh, I understand how important sleep is. And if your sleep is messed up, then that's usually an indicator that other things down the chain are, are going to fall apart. It is. Yeah. It's fun being around like-minded people, but it's also fun to get a, get yourself into a room of, of people that completely disagree too. It's, yeah. it's interesting to have your mind expanded in, in both ways. Well, you're right. You could learn stuff from other other points of view yeah no there's definitely not there's there is no one way to do things there's there are better ways and there are absolutely worse ways but there is no one way and i definitely have not found even half of the information that i need to know and i know ben greenfield says the same thing and anybody who has expanded their mind to a certain extent knows how much there is still is to learn i know it's I, I don't know what you'd say. It's like the more you know, the more you know you don't know. Yeah. Oh, and philosophers have been saying that since the beginning of, of time or written history anyway. <laughs> so it's uh, it's the human condition, and that's fantastic. I'm okay with that. Well, it ne life never gets boring if you are always interested in finding something else. I actually started um, to learn but Olympic lifts. I'm oh. trying to get good at my Olympic lift form. And I can do stuff like power clean and stuff like that. But the clean and jerk and the snatch, I'm not very good at. And so I'm actually hiring a trainer who's good at that to make sure I'm doing it right. Nice. So, yeah, super fun. So, Olympic lifts are great because to do them right, you have to correct the muscle imbalances that you have. You know what which... I'm learning how to do? What? Knit. Ooh, that's exciting. It's that's super, it's it. really hard. It is, but it's fun and it's so cool to see the stuff that you can make. Yeah, well, I haven't gotten to that point yet, but I'm getting there. <laughs> it's it's coming. But I just like there's there's so much um like evidence and research around neuroplasticity and oh, yeah. actually forcing yourself into something that is completely foreign to you and something that you suck at at first. Like, because as we get older, we we shun those things. Like somebody right. says, hey, you should try this. And you try it for like 10 minutes and go, man, that's really hard. I'm not doing that. And then you don't do it anymore. It's like we should be doing the exact opposite. We should try it and go, holy crap, this is really hard. Right. I, I suck at this. And then force yourself to do it because that's how you stave off Alzheimer's and keep the neuroplasticity oh, yeah. up. So, yeah, knitting was one of those things that I still don't even really quite – grasp what's happening with all well, that stuff you live in the right place to know how to knit yes. i mean in arizona there's only so many things you could knit yeah i don't think i could ever have enough toques to live in canada so yeah, so, yeah. 
know what's great for neuroplasticity is learning a new instrument or learn, learning to play an instrument yep. or learning to a new language. Those are great ones. Yeah, yeah. I tried to learn a bunch. I was in the Czech Republic a couple of months ago, and I tried to learn as much as I possibly could of the language. Such a cool language. Oh, yeah. I uh, I need to learn Spanish. My sister lives there, and I go all the time. And cool. I, I know a little bit, but that's it. Bueno. <laughs> so, well, I better let you go because I actually have to go to the gym and All right. work on my Olympic lifts. I Thank have to go finish so off my scarf. <laughs> oh, yes. You're going to have to take a picture and show me. All right. All right, cool. I'll talk to you later, Brock. Bye-bye. All right, bye.